Welcome in, everybody, to a Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. Got a little hop in the step today. John Harris here, Mark Vandermeer there. You know why? Why? Because tomorrow is football. Tomorrow is football. Not tackling, not that, but everything else. Tomorrow we get a chance to see the 2022 Texans in full, in the flesh. Mark, I'm excited about that. Why could you not be? Full, Why would you not be? Full game plan on display that they're going to utilize against the Colts in September. No, yes, they're not. All they, of it. They don't have that yet. Oh. But they'll be doing some stuff. They were out there today, as a matter of fact. We'll be out there tomorrow. We're going to talk to Davis Mills. He'll be on the show with us mm-hmm. tomorrow night. That's going to be awesome. So I'm right there with you, Johnny. So on Thursday or Friday, oh, no, no, no. It wasn't Thursday. It was earlier in the week. It was early in the week because it was the day that the Jimbo Fisher stuff had broken. Our buddy Landry Locker was going to do a segment that he called Holy Bleep. And he on a on a scale of one to five, he was going to rank. They had a number. He, he had tweeted a picture of his rundown sheet, and he showed the different items that were on the sheet, and he was going to rank them one to five for Holy Bleep moments. And they were okay. like, uh, the Texans make the playoffs. Oh, okay. Like on a level of one to five, like yeah. where is your – Holy bleep versus holy bleep. Like, where yeah. where does it fall? Five being the most. Yeah, five being the most, one being the And so I was like, okay. So I've now applied that to almost everything in my life as, as I've thought about it. <laughs> Level of holy bleep. So I was driving home Thursday or Friday, and I'm just at a stoplight, and it's jam-packed where I am, so I'm not going anywhere. And so I'm flipping through Twitter, and I see this post. And I'm paraphrasing, but it is, it's from the athletic writer covering the Vikings. And he writes, oh boy, something to the extent of, oh boy, look out, Dalvin Cook spending a lot more time at receiver during OTAs. I ask you, what would be the holy bleep in this building if that were ever tweeted about anything that happened during OTAs? Oh, that would be holy bleep I lost my mind for the Vikings. Okay. Like, I'd be but, but you know what that particular post reminded me of? Deshaun Watson practicing at safety, right? Because it's <laughs> as ridiculous. It's OTAs, folks. Plus, it's last week's OTAs, yeah. right? It's ramping up every week in different right. phases. Whatever they were doing, he might have been lining up in a receiver drill, and then some writer says he's practicing as a receiver when they're all running routes. You know, pregame warm-ups, the fans watch all this stuff, right? Yeah. You see defensive backs running the same route in yeah. pregame practice warm-up right. as a receiver. Oh, my gosh. Daryl Revis is <laughs> – He said nickel. Uh, yeah, I, the the warm he's that slot receiver. The warm up thing always always cracks. No, but me I, I think that this was probably that. Dalvin Cook's not gonna play receiver for the Vikings. Will he catch whoa, the passes? Whoa, 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 yes. whoa, whoa, whoa. Why what? would he not? Why would he not? Kevin O'Connell from the Rams? Look, he'll split he's him out. He's got Alexander Madison as a running back. He'll split him out every once in a while, right? Okay. His brother fine. was the best wide receiver in this draft. He'll split him wow, out every once in a while. Dalvin Cook is going to run the football, catch it out of the backfield. Every once in a while, he'll okay. put him out wide in a five-wide set or whatever. Maybe he'll get more creative than that. But he's not a receiver. He's not a receiver. But I'm th- not crazy if I'm Kevin O'Connell. I need to run the rock with Dalvin okay. Cook. Okay, go back to Arian Foster. I know. He would have made a great receiver, could have extended his career a lot. He's still a running back. Okay, but just because – okay, you you would deeply fall into that category. I'm poo-pooing as, it. As soon as you put a little, like, two – 
two-letter code in front. You're like, that's what he is. Mike Gesicki. It says T-E in front of his name. He's not a tight end. All right, I got you. I got you. But Dalvin Cook is not a receiver. (laughs) Trust me on this. I don't even have to look. I don't have to talk to anybody for the Vikings. I just know the reporter saw it wrong. Okay. So who had more receptions last year, Nico Collins or Dalvin Cook? It doesn't matter. (laughs) Doesn't matter to me. First of all, Nico took How many has he averaged in the last three years, four years, how many receptions would you say Dalvin Cook has averaged? In a, a season? Yes. Well, uh, let's go per game because he gets hurt a lot, right? He hasn't always been able to stay uh, out there. I mean, in two, 2018, lot, lot, he was but, banged up. Okay. I'll give you that. All right. But 2021, 2020, 2019, 2018. Know, three, four catches a game, maybe. Maybe. You're close. I mean, his high water mark was 2019. That was 53. If I'm doing math really fast, he's averaging like 43, 44 receptions a year. That's with Thielen and Jefferson on the roster. Yeah, but it's also a Kubiakian offense, right? That they're running in Viking territory. Not anymore. Kevin O'Connell just took over as head coach. So I know. It would be different. But It'll I'm talking happen. about what was done, okay? And they threw the ball to Arian Foster in the Kubiakian era. He had two 78-yard receptions in 2011 alone that come off the top of my head. But if you were the new head coach with the Minnesota Vikings and you did plan on using Dalvin Cook a little bit more at receiver and you wanted to spring it on teams... Mm. Yeah, good time to do it because now if I'm in that division, I'm starting to prepare for Dalvin Cook at receiver and how they might utilize that. But Johnny's a running back. He's going to run the football. They just happen to be putting him out there every once in a while. But would you want somebody knowing that? No, I, I exactly, would. exactly. I That's would be upset point. at that athletic writer, and that was your main point here. Right. Do not tweet or write about what you see formation-wise right. at practice. Yes. And I brought up the Watson at safety thing, and that was just a joke because that was yeah. total skeleton. The quarterbacks by themselves, and they they just they could have had me standing there as a safety. You're right. not making plays. They just needed just standing a body. there as a body, yes, yes, just to get a look so they know what they're facing. Yeah, no doubt. So, okay, we're on the same page, relatively speaking, with that. But let's get to this page. Tomorrow is OTAs. Yeah. Next segment, we're going to do some gut reaction. I've got some really good gut reaction because this was an incredible sports weekend on a lot of different levels. Oh, gosh, so yes. I've got a, t- I've got this a ton was a of stuff. This a crazy sports weekend, and I missed chunks of it. Oh. For I, good reason, though. I have excuses. I'll just tell you, on Sunday, I woke up. My day started Sunday with the Spanish F1 Grand Prix followed by Manchester City against uh, Aston Villa. Oh, I thought of you, and I should have texted you, Johnny, congratulating you on yes, your hard-fought you. Manchester thank City you. win, the dramatic victory that got yeah. them the Premier League yeah, title. Yeah, it, uh, it was incredible. Yes. It, was, it, it, it honestly was incredible the way it went down mm-hmm. because all they have to win the game. They're up one, We'll get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> they have to win the game, and they're down 2-0, 75 minutes in. And in the span of six minutes, they scored three goals to go ahead 3-2 to two and won it. It was fan. It's it, it'll go did, down and did Laura's. Jamie Tart score the game winner? Is no, he back no, with them? No, okay, no. Okay, Gundu, uh, one did. Okay, and gotcha. he had two. He came off the bench. He came off the bench with like seventy four minute uh, with like in the seventy four minute mark. He walked in, whoosh, scored. They got it back, whoosh, scored again. Was, got it back, scored. They scored in six minutes, three goals. Wow, that's amazing. It was phenomenal. In soccer, that's ridiculous. Play, I mean, the was Jamie Tart's dad in attendance no. and not sober? Maybe. Maybe because okay. there was somebody that slugged the Aston Villa keeper after the game. They ran on the field. What a meltdown they ran loss on for the them. Field. 
Oh, they, yeah. ran, they ran in a field and somebody slugged the keepers. Oh, I bad. feel bad for them, actually. Yeah, so they did the trophy lift, and then Fernandino did his retirement. The trophy they're having, lift. They're having the whole uh, uh, parade today. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's pretty crazy. And Manchester City's next soccer match will be here. Right here, July 20th. And I will be decked in baby blue, all ready to go. All right. So we'll do that in the next segment because there's a lot of stuff that went on. But OTAs are tomorrow. And... We are looking to have Davis Mills. I think we're going to have Davis Mills for radio tomorrow, so we'll we get are. a chance to ans- ask him some questions. But we hope to see everybody there. We know it's not possible. Nick Casario talked today about there's some guys that are still sort of ramping up and getting ready, and we know John Mechie's one of them. Maybe Derek Stingley is one. We don't know. Um, there was sort of, uh, you know, uh, as Nick was talking about that, alluding to the fact that maybe it's not going to happen. But either way, point being, we're going to see a lot at OTAs tomorrow. So... I figured let's do a segment. What will the eyes be looking at, Mark? Mm. Tomorrow we'll just go back and forth. What's the first thing you're going to be looking at tomorrow at OTAs? Well, first thing I want to look at is how they actually, how much they're allowed to do. Yeah. Is because last year what we were seeing was not it, right? It was offense versus air, basically. Right. There was no eleven on eleven. And I want to see how much they're able to do because I want to su- – but I'll, I'll answer it like this, Johnny. I want to see how the offensive line lines up. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to get to Mills and all that. But that's probably the first thing I'm going to look at. Where are we at right now? And there's going to be this overreaction. Sure. And I know people are going to spill the beans about, is Titus at right tackle? Is he a guard? Yeah. Where is he? Yeah. People are – going to not be able to help themselves some of the other media members you and i are always completely in control about revealing things but there will be an overreaction either way right oh my gosh he's here oh my gosh he's there or they're doing this they're doing that it's otas right and i know you got to get your best five out there working in concert as quickly as possible but maybe and i don't know what they're doing by the way so it sounds like i'm sort of setting it up i'm setting up this runway to right, but we don't know. for something to happen i really don't know but i've been around long enough to know that whatever you get in may is not necessarily what you're going to get in camp or week 1 right no doubt and i mean how many times i remember Tremaine pope got almost every carry catch whatever you want from the running backs in otas a few years ago and then he didn't make the roster yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, it can happen in a lot of different positions, even guys having what you think are good OTAs, and then you get to a training camp, and then just and because you put the pads on, because you got preseason games, guys get dinged up, or there's opportunity to maybe trade for another player or bring in another player, uh, which the Texans did today. They brought in Daryl Daniels, tight end, uh, added to the group. He is a big athlete, so I'm curious to see how he gets used. But he is added to the tight end group that happened also Jimmy Moreland was released this weekend the defensive back uh, James Madison was here for the 2021 season but he is mm. no longer Mark I think the first thing that I will have eyes on and maybe it's because I'm feeling my age today which is old I'm curious how Mario Addison and Jerry Hughes move around Ooh. it's been two years for them of playing pretty deep into the playoffs. I mean, last year they got to the divisional playoff round. Of course, you added another game. Then the year before that, they went all the way to the AFC Championship game in the COVID year. That's a lot of football to play for a couple guys that are in their in their 30s. I went back and I watched that Chiefs game because I was like, what, what did they look like the last time they were on the field? And I went, whoa, okay, there's juice left. There's, there's no doubt there's juice left in those legs, and that was at the end of a long 2021 season for them. 
But just seeing and, and I don't know how much they'll do. I mean, they're vets. I mean, how many times they've been through OTAs? I mean, I don't know how much they're going to do it. But I will look at at those two guys in particular. I'm excited to see new guys and new to the team, but guys that have been around a little bit. And Addison and Hughes fall right into that. So I want to see what juice do they have? What do they got when they line up out wide or they're just you know coming off the ball? You can tell. I, mean, I always use Roosevelt Colvin as that one example. In 2009, there's a lot of excitement around here. Roosevelt Colvin, former Purdue guy. You know, Rick yeah. Smith was a Purdue guy, brings in a Purdue guy. Okay, this is going to be good. Roosevelt Colvin, I remember watching the first time OTAs going, whoa, he's – in a football sense, dead. Like, right. in a football sense, it's dead. He's it's dead. over. Like, it's over. It's done. It's funny because, Johnny, before he signed, what? where was he coming from? Because the Texans wooed Patriots. him. Okay, in the previous signing period. Yeah. All right, when he was previously available, I should say, they wooed him. Dom Capers took him out for dinner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they wanted him. Yeah. Then he signed. and Yeah, it was Bears, then Patriots. Okay, he signed with the Bears. Ends up in New England, and then they finally get him here, but yep. they got him late. Yep. And that's where you get fooled sometimes. You, you have a name that has such brand name recognition, right. but there might not be a lot left there for football. Now, I'm hoping that's not the case with Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison. It seems like those guys have plenty of juice left, yep. at least to get this thing going for the Houston Texans on the D-line, be a part of it anyway, part of a rotation. You know they like to rotate. They're not going to have to play a ton of snaps in all likelihood, right. barring injury. So let's see what they're doing. You're right, though. It's May. It's going to be interesting to see how much they're doing. They're tone setters, if nothing else. They've been around the block. So maybe they can help in that way this yes. time of year. And I think in training camp, if those guys are all that we hope they are, it'll be a split kind of thing with the other players on the defensive line just to keep them fresh enough to play in the regular season. The season is such a long haul right now. The 17 games, it lasts forever. You have to have your legs late in the year. Especially those guys up front, man. Those guys up front. Uh, if, um, I know people don't get the opportunity to do this, but we do. Being in this building in week 14, 15, 16, 17, and watching O-line and D-line come shuffling out of there, I mean, they literally are shuffling. They yeah, are shuffling. literally shuffling because <laughs> I don't know how it. they're going to get ready to play on Sunday, and then somehow uh, they end up getting ready uh, to play on Sunday, and it's it's pretty amazing to see so them is, do that. Is that where your eyes are going first? Those That's two where guys? my eyes are going first. Here's where okay. my eyes are going second, and um, I think this is probably where my eyes will be pretty similar to other people's. Davis Mills, not so much throwing, hey, look how – I, I, we talk about this a lot of time. Hey, the ball doesn't hit the ground during certain drills and all that. Oh, it looks good. Davis has always looked good throwing the football. He's always had that classic throwing posture and mode, but there's a sense you get for his control of things. Of, yeah. Of, and I of say things. things. Of everything. Mm -hmm. And control the huddle, making sure guys are, you know, focused on him. He is leading where he wants guys to go yeah. and do those things. Uh, and so I just – the word things. But just is he in control? Because at the end of last year, I sensed he was in control. I, I sensed that he was taking control of the huddle, that he was getting guys where they needed to go. I don't think he's ever going to be that rah-rah guy, like you know, just demonstratively pointing at somebody, you know, you're here, you're there. No, I think he's going to do it in his way. But I think he was doing it at the end of the year, and I think that's where he really earned the respect of not only the guys on offense, but the guys on defense saying, hey, look, we got somebody out there. Let's go to, let's go to battle for this guy because he's doing it. Now I want to see second year. You know the faces in your huddle. You know the verbiage in this offense. I know it's a little different, but it's 
you know, it's Pep's offense. He's running at Stanford. There's going to be some similar things. How much control does he have and how much in control is he of that offense? One of the things they really liked about him this time last year was he had control of the offense, at least from an understanding point of view, a comprehension of it. Wasn't like he was a salty veteran coming in here with all the right body language necessarily, but he had so much of it. He had a great grasp of what they were trying to do was the processing time there. Look, it was pretty good for a rookie. They really liked all that. And there were a couple of days early where Tyrod Taylor couldn't be here for whatever reason, legit excuse, and Mills had to take over. I'm not talking about training camp. I'm talking about OTAs when they were getting started or whatever version, whatever phase they were in. And they're like, hey, this kid knows the offense. So they like that. Now you want to see, all right, it's a year later. You've actually played. We want that in a quick way and then some. I want to see Johnny body language. Does it look like you have a veteran starting quarterback on the field tomorrow? Now, that might be putting too much on him. He still has a lot to learn. They have a lot of instructing to do with him. Yes. But – he can take all the criticism, constructive criticism, whatever they have to do with him, and still show confidence, show that I got this, right. and have that sort of play out with the rest of the team. That's what I want to see, some of the intangible stuff out there, as well as if we can see some wide receiver versus DB matchups and oh, see how well they throw the ball. Look, if the offense is scorching the defense tomorrow, I might say rut row tomorrow night because – I want the defense to be ahead of the offense right now, yet you want to see the offense do well. It's kind of a double-edged sword. It's training camp. It's it's iron sharpening iron. It's all those cliches, and you're just hoping that everybody's getting better. Yeah, no doubt. That is the biggest key. They're growing together, getting better together on both sides of the ball. Yes, one's going to be ahead of the other. It always happens that way. But you hope that they're at least progressing in a way uh, that you would expect at this time of year. All right, we get back. We're going to do gut reaction. Some things including the team for the new in-season hard knocks has been named. A PGA championship for the ages yesterday. And a certain NFL writer has put the Texans in the same exact spot in his off-season power rankings. Where is it? We'll talk about that next right here on Texans All Access. All Access. All Access. Oh, yeah, John and Mark on a Monday edition of Texans All Access. John Harris here, Mark Vandermeer there. And it's time for gut reaction. Mark, I've got a lot to get through from this weekend. So I'm going to start with my, well, with the tease right at the end. NFL writer extraordinaire Peter King, which, by the way, before I get there, Peter King made me think of John McClain. Congrats to the general, John McClain, going into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame uh, on Saturday night. It's really cool. For he and Shereen Williams, uh, we know the McLean, we know the general more than we know Shereen, but we got a chance to know Shereen a little bit uh, when she was covering. Uh, we went up to I think to Cowboys Texans preseason game and out yep. to dinner. She's great. Uh, so congratulations. We had to her both on the them. show because I talked to her at the owners meeting. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and she was great there. And I guarantee you this: John McClain is maybe happier about Shereen Williams getting in. I think so than too. He himself getting right. in because. Yes. He was so helpful to her, and she is so grateful for that help. And to have her get into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame, I think, is just as important, if not more important to him, than John McClain himself getting in. That's very true. Congratulations to both of them. Of course, we know the general very, very well, and we congratulate him. So that brings me back to NFL writer Peter King did his offseason power rankings, and the Bills and Chargers go 1-2 
but similarly <laughs> to 2021, he has the Texans at number 32. Now, when you hear that, you're like, well, no, the Texans are better than this team, better than that team. The Texans did prove in 2021 they were better than certain teams. Hopefully they'll do the same. But just, again, and I don't say this as a knock on Peter King, but just to show you what offseason rankings are, where do you think you had the Bengals last year to start? Oh, way down, maybe like 18th or something. 27th. 27th? 27th. You're getting Joe Burrow healthy? They went to the 27, Super Bowl. 27, really? Yeah. And they go uh, to the Super Bowl. Where Good. do you have Indy? Indy with uh, who is playing Carson Wentz. Carson I lose Wentz. track of all the quarterbacks that they have. And they just signed a guy, too. Uh, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. I bet he had Indy about 16th. Nine. He had India at nine. Okay. Well, no plus. So, anyways, he has the Texans at 32. So, Bills Chargers 1-2 puts the Texans at 32. What's your gut reaction? My gut reaction is that's pretty high for the Chargers, considering some of the teams out there, mm-hmm. right? I get thinking that the Chargers are pretty good. But, Johnny, they had some issues that they really needed to address. Yes. Like, the inability to stop the run. They couldn't at, stop anybody. Yes. Anybody. Not that, just us. Anybody. That is troubling. If I'm the L.A. Chargers. And I know they improved. They made acquisitions. Good for them. But it's not done until it's done. So it's all a projection anyway. Good for him. Now, to pick the Texans 32nd is so lazy. Do you have? Do you happen to have in front of you like 29, 30, 31? Yes. Hold all on. Right. Give me a second. All right. Give me he... those because okay. I, I want to see if the laziness permeates throughout the bottom part of the rankings. Okay. 32, Houston. Okay. 31. The Carolina Panthers. That's not hard to predict right there, based on their quarterback situation and not enough to improve the team overall. Well, keep that thought, because number 30 is the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Look, they lost their quarterback. They weren't very good with him, right? Yep. And what have they really done to upgrade? Yeah. Your boy might play sooner rather than later, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, My boy would be Desmond Ritter. Yes. Apparently. Uh, Number 29, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Real tough stretch to pick the Jaguars near the bottom of the league. And by the way, who beat them twice? Yeah. And badly? Yeah. Okay. Number 28, the Chicago Bears. I mean, again, this is not this is not difficult. So he just lazily picks the bold thing to do, Johnny. Who is who does he have making a big leap who might not have been that good? Well, where does he have the Jets, for instance? Uh, I bet he loves well, the Jets. Nope. Oh, he doesn't. Because the Jets are number 27. Okay. Well, that means they're going to the Super Bowl based on last year's <laughs> rankings where that's, the Bengals were. That's exactly right. <laughs> what about that 26? That's exactly right. Yeah. 26, mm-hmm. the South Virginia Commanders. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they're building a new <laughs> facility. They're getting to that. So, Washington 26, Seattle's 25. He's a Giants at 24. I I can't I, – I, I don't understand that at all. I think I'm that's sorry. to make the New York fans happy and Maybe. to move the needle in New York. And Peter King thinks about these things. Don't get me wrong. Look, yep. I like Peter King. I really do. But uh, we'll look, put this one up in the bulletin board. Is there even a bulletin board? Put it somewhere. somewhere. Send it to people's phones. Hey, they picked you 32. Here's yeah. another list in which you are 32. Do something about it. Okay, quickly, your gut reaction to Indianapolis being at number 21. And Tennessee at number 12. Interesting that he picked the Colts 9 last year, and now he's got them at 21 with Matt mm-hmm. Ryan, who a lot of people think are, is going to do a better job than Carson yeah. Wentz did, yeah. You know, particularly later in the season, losing those final two games. Uh, I would pick the Colts a little bit higher if I was just being totally objective there, but I like the Colts at 21, Johnny. The team he has 
at number 22 is a little bit like eye-opening. But he says this, something doesn't feel right about this team. Part of it's the dissatisfaction of the quarterback. Part Tennessee. Is, part is the suspension of the best player on offense. Arizona. Yes. The yeah. Cardinals at 22. Which leads me to this. Okay. Number two. Got reaction. Arizona Cardinals are in season, are the in-season HBO Hard Knocks team, your gut reaction. Johnny, are, were they allowed to say no to this? I don't did know. They have, and they did all or nothing with Bruce Arians, right? They yes. did the all or nothing in series, which is basically in-season Hard Knocks. Yeah. So Steve Kime was there for that. Yes, he was. And then they green light this. Yeah. And you know what's going on there. Kyler Murray did not show up for OTAs. The dysfunction could be all full-on display. It is crazy full talk. Full-on display. Think about this. Murray, look, Murray's a good little quarterback. I, I hate saying little. Why did yeah. I say that? I just said it. He's a yeah. good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. But why is he at OTAs? I understand it's the contract situation. I'll answer my own question. But he needs to be there. Yeah. you got to get better. Yeah. Not just for the team, yeah. who you feel like owes you more or an extension and all that, but for you. Yeah. How are you going to get better not being at OTAs? Team sport, got to be there with your team. That's how you get better. You need to get better. You're not Tom Brady, like, I'll be fine, get to camp, set the tone, we'll be good, Aaron Rodgers. You're not one of those guys. Not no. even close to that yet. No. You're not even Nick Foles, which leads me to this one. <laughs> Nick Foles has a ring. Uh, Kyler Murray doesn't. The Indianapolis Colts are signing Nick Foles to a two-year contract. Your gut reaction. Okay, this is interesting. We just talked about Atlanta yeah. not doing that well with Matt Ryan last mm -hmm. year. They've been in the building with Matt Ryan for a few weeks now. Does this mean that they're seeing some bloom off the rose of Matt Ryan, or is it just a really good insurance policy based on the fact that Reich, as an offensive coordinator, won a Super Bowl with Foles? If they have to go to Foles and Foles doesn't work out, and Frank Reich would have struck out on Carson Wentz and Nick Foles yeah. in Indianapolis, yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really expensive insurance plan. If Matt Ryan, for whatever reason, it doesn't happen, you got to go to Foles as opposed to – are you ready to put Sam Ellinger, you know, into the Lamborghini driver's seat not. in some sense? You're not. I don't think so. It's, it's a Super Bowl contender, let's be honest. Yeah. It really is. It is. It's, if the Bengals went to the Super Bowl, the Colts at full strength yeah. with a good quarterback yes. are a Super Bowl contender. That's not a big stretch right yeah, there. Yeah, a third of their starters went to the Pro Bowl last year. Right. So you need great insurance. And in the world of backup quarterbacks, Foles is probably as good as it's going to get, right? Yeah. Maybe you can pick another one. But yeah. Now, can you imagine, and I don't want to see this happen, if Ryan gets hurt and Folds leads them far into the playoffs and Wentz is don't further tarnished don't by a Folds relief performance <laughs> and he's not even in the building. <laughs> and, of don't course, it. this combination has Folds faltering, I mean, uh, Wentz faltering yeah. in the nation's capital or Southern Virginia. Speaking of Southern Virginia. Yes. These are totally out of order, but we're kind of segueing into them in some way. Mm -hmm. Carson Wentz has become the quarterback of the Washington Commanders. Mm -hmm. The Commanders have apparently purchased land for $100 million. Over 45 miles away from Washington, D.C. And the thought is that's where a new stadium might be built. Your gut reaction. I want to know what the drive is on a regular basis. Now, this is it can't be wait good. wait is this for a stadium and facility? Uh, it just said stadium. That's all it said. 
That's pretty darn far from Washington, D.C. It's a long way. That's a long haul, Johnny. And the infrastructure would have to be really good to get in there. I can't believe. I just I cannot believe that 45 miles away from Washington, D.C. is going to make a ride anywhere from northern from the northern part of D.C. Yeah. on downward. Yeah. I imagine Maryland. a lot of Commander's fans. Sure. That's going to make that trip a well, nightmare. Landover, Maryland. Hello. Nightmare. Yeah. I mean, that's where it is, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, I went to RFK. No, I've never been to RFK. No. Not RFK. By the time they got in the league, I was at FedEx Field, right? right? Which is awful. I did a game at the old Cap Center, which was in Landover, Maryland. Yeah. Yeah, I did yeah. a basketball game there. And that facility is, like, out in the middle of nowhere, it seems. Yeah, it was out in the middle of nowhere. It was Because uh, I remember it was, like, I didn't have – it was a long time ago. Yeah. Don't want to get into the whole story. Anyway, <laughs> it's way south of D.C. Look, Foxborough is south of Boston, but it's not that far. I no, don't know how many not. miles. It's like 15, 20 miles. It's not that bad. Now, it, there's a lot of traffic. The I problem is, is the only way to get to the stadium is a two-lane road, basically. From Foxborough. Where, from yeah. where you're coming at certain points. And north and south. Thing. North yeah, and south. Exactly. And then, and then off 95, you could take some roundabout way, but it's not like it's right off 95. Right. I don't know how I've, how we've done this. I don't know how. But I segue into this because okay. you brought up the Patriots. All right. Gut reaction. The Patriots have no offensive play caller. Yeah. None. Joe Judge, Matt Patricia, and Bill Belichick apparently all took turns kind of running things on the offensive side of the ball. Belichick, when he was asked about it, was like, uh, it's me. We don't need to have the play caller now. And it'll change. It'll change. I don't know. I'm kind of worried. What's your gut reaction to it? I see the smile on your face. I just look. It's Belichick, Johnny. Belichick's not going in without a plan. No, right? Yeah, exactly. It is May, Bill. Guess what? It's late May. What's your plan? He's not revealing it. But if it's one of those two guys, are you surprised he hasn't hired somebody we know who used to? Because could he could call plays and maybe. He just doesn't want to do that. Maybe neither party wants to do that, or one or the other. I don't, I don't know. know. I He's remember Joe Judge. A, I remember there was a book written. Joe, <laughs> there's a book written by Seth Wickersham that's sitting up in my in my uh, cubbyhole in my new house, and I'm looking at it, going, "Man, I, do I want to read this this summer? I kind of do." Oh, you I'm haven't like, read it yet? Oh no, no. But I, think I know Seth it's in has there. it memorized. Yeah, Seth's uh, <laughs> Seth's gone through the whole thing. So you yeah. got reaction to them having no offensive play caller. And Bill, Mac Jones, a second-year NFL starter in play. Bill will have a plan. I'm not saying it's going to work because you had Josh McDaniels there who knew it back and forth and upside yeah. down, and he could rely on him and give input, and he felt like everything was in good hands. Yeah. Now, maybe this is energizing Belichick to get dirty on the offensive side of the ball, really dig in. Look, Parcells was the same way. Yeah. You can't call him one side of the ball or the other. He would find a way to wiggle in and, and make his imprint felt yeah. on whatever side of the ball we're talking about. And in this case, it's the offense. And I believe Belichick, I'm not saying he's going to call the plays, but he might, Johnny. Yeah, he might. He, he might just jump head and say, coach? you know what? I'm the head coach. I'm going to do it. You know, I'm in my 70s. I'm going to go ahead and call the plays now on offense until further notice. And Mac so, and I will figure it out. So, yeah. So you guys just calm down over there. Okay, I've got one for you. I'm going to need your gut reaction to this. Okay. Because like I said, I woke up on Sunday, and I saw the Spanish Grand Prix was going on. And they were probably about two-thirds of the way through the race. Now, understanding F1's a little different. I was trying to explain it to my son yesterday. There are ten teams, right? two drivers each. Mm-hmm. 
So yesterday, the Red Bull team are sitting 1-2. It's Sergio Perez in number one spot and Max Verstappen, the 2021 world champion, in number two. What happened to the Australian guy? Because I just started watching the Netflix series. Don't tell me. No, no, I'm not going to tell you. So it's those two. He's now with McLaren, but you'll get there. Anyways, those two are 1-2, about 41-42 laps into a 66-lap race. And they show that they're going into Sergio Perez's radio, and you hear the Red Bull team say, Sergio, move out of the way. Let Verstappen take over. Because? That's the point. They're sitting 3-4 in the driver's standings right now. Verstappen has more points individually than Sergio. And that is apparently why they made the decision, and Verstappen was the world champion last year. But if Sergio stayed at number one, he would have narrowed that lead to about 10 points. So Sergio was like, that's unfair, but I'll do it for the team. He got out of the way. Verstappen got in front. Verstappen ended up winning the race. If I'm Verstappen, I'm like, no. Verstappen says it's not going to happen. Right. I mean, you're racing at that point, right? Yes. I, I would feel dirty winning like that. They end up winning 1-2. They go 1-2 because well, Verstappen so it's gets a it. team win. Right. It's a team win. Oh, they like get points for first and second. Mm-hmm. But Verstappen essentially got the victory because Sergio got out of his way. And the only thing I can think of is that, that Verstappen's ahead on points. They're about halfway through the season. So your gut reaction to that, is that weird? I hate it. I hated it. I was like, I was so mad. I was like, no, let's check a race. Now, you don't, you don't want to, like, drive each other into the embankment right but right. you want to compete right and let the compete. best man win because from what i've and i've just started digging into this sport because and, a lot of people yeah. are you're yep. watching a netflix show i'm watching awesome. i just started the netflix show and it's a lot like hard knocks for racing right yes and that's why in season hard knocks and all the stuff the nfl right. is doing is so big because in addition to the sport being spectacular on the field and something to talk about right. all year long you also have the in the locker room and in the building stuff. Well, with F1, you're learning about the characters, the personalities, and you're right. You have these team within the team conflicts right. that show up on the series. Now, what I found interesting as I've been reading about the making of stuff, right. that they blow up certain things, just like Hard Knocks would. Right, right. All right, blow up certain stories, sure. maybe bigger than they are, and they're not the only story in the building, but they blow up the stories that they think are going to play. Right. So you're having that go on, but it's really helped out that sport, and I'm eager to learn more. Yeah, it's you're gonna you're gonna love the series. Season four is unbelievable. Season four is the 2021, and you know what got me to watch F1 was Brandon Cooks. Ooh. Remember when we played Jacksonville? Brandon scored a touchdown, and then his celebration. Oh, yes. Remember that? He did the celebration. Now it has new meaning to me. Yes, that's why. So I started watching it because I started seeing some buzz on Twitter. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna check this out, and watch it, and see what happens. And, I mean, the first two episodes, I was hooked. I was like, okay, I got to watch this. So, I got all the way through all, all the seasons, and I just watching the race. And I saw it happen. I was like, man, I've seen it now over the seasons. I've had it. I've seen it where guys have been asked to do it, and some guys have been like, yeah. And then, of course, sometimes they TV it up where they have them on the radio, and they say, hey, you need to move out of the way. And then they kind of wait, and then oh, they wait, and then so they wait. That was like, during Hello? the race? You heard during, all that? Yeah, it was during the that's race. Incredible. They said, let's check out Sergio's, and you can hear him say, that's unfair. 
but I'll do it. And so he moved it's out of the way. It's amazing in a broadcast. It's unbelievable. It's amazing to I have. I mean, it's incredible. But they know that that's going to sell their sport because otherwise you have oh, cars wait, running around As you track. go through the series, you're going to hear some stuff yeah. that they don't put on the actual broadcast. See, football, it's amazing. Football and basketball are good enough to carry the game. And yes. Baseball, you know, good enough to carry it without all but that But the mic'd ups stuff. for NFL are fantastic. They are They People are fantastic. love it. I mean, you feel like a voyeur. You're like – that's what that's what the series is. You're being you're being allowed into the paddock. You're being allowed into the car. You can hear them talk. I mean, it's the equivalent of that in football would be like run the play I told you to run. Right, right. Okay, it's, I don't agree, but I'll do it. It's wild. All what right. your gut reaction to this? Mm-hmm. I know you watch PJ Championship. Well, I'm going to tell you what happened. Oh boy. So you're talking about Justin Thomas with the greatest comeback or third greatest comeback in a major, or whatever. Not, the case. not even not even that. More specifically. Pereira meltdown? No. No, the Pereira meltdown. I mean, like, I don't really like to focus on the meltdown. I know. It was no, so horrible. The shot on 17 in the playoff. Oh. Putting it on the green. Mm-hmm. Holy yeah, yeah. Well, criminy. He, what a shot. I, Vanderkid will tell you, earlier in the day, I said, he's capable of going on a tremendous run. Yeah. Thomas. But he was nowhere. Right. He was yeah. eight back. Yeah. I said, any one of these guys can melt down, but are they all going to melt down? Yeah. Enough. And I had to go coach Vanderkid 2's flag football team right. in the championship, right. right? So we made the championship for the second straight year. Unfortunately, we lost, finished second Ugh. in the league. But you know what? The Vander offense did well again. And, and the Vander kids were fantastic, right. and I can't say enough about Said them. Said like and, a natural John Jenkins. And, the offense uh, did great. Well, you know, we actually played good defense. Never mind. No one cares. <laughs> like, I've learned this in my life. Mark. <laughs> People couldn't care any less. No, any le- like true. the that level is not of that is not true. care cannot go any that lower. Is not on the- that is not true. Well, anyway, you know it- I'm just breaking balls. No, I know. I know you care. I'm just I talking about people. But so I'm at that game. I, we get done. It's we have a double header format. Yeah. Whatever. We get done, and I look at my phone. It's like Justin Thomas rallies to what? There's no way yeah. he did this. There's no what happened to. Everybody. Yeah. And and the people kicking themselves. Rory, where are you, Rory? Oh. Hey, Bubba. Bubba, show up every once in a while. Don't just flirt with it like yeah. on Saturday and then, yeah. oh, I can't make a putt. Come on. Yeah. But you know what? You know what would be fun? And this is something we came up with. Vandercast of a golf tournament would be pretty good. It would be good. Because I am just lighting these guys up. here. Vandercast of a Texans <laughs> game. I'm on the air anyway. But yeah, if I did yeah, a Vandercast, yeah. I'd be like, let me tell you why that third and one was harder to get than yeah, you thought yeah, yeah. and why it's totally reasonable that they didn't get it. Vander Vandercast of golf would be like, you guys suck. Well, how can you not make that putt? You, you're terrible. And then what are you, you doing? Then you see, then you see the, the uh, actual <laughs> movement on the putt, and you're like, whoa, that's a tough putt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, but that's I'm just lighting putt. these guys up, and I know it's the <laughs> hardest thing in the world, believe me. Yeah, uh, but I'm telling you that shot he hit on 17. I'm I'm watching. I had the sound down. I'd have the sound on, and I just see the shot, and I'm like, "Holy!" It was like the you know, we're talking about Landry, the holy bleed one. That was a five. I was like, "Oh!" I mean, he. It was amazing, but yeah, the the meltdown. I I hated that because he's got it right there, and he hits one. He hits a bad shot, and I just. It I mean, wasn't I've Vandeveld, but it wasn't no. far off. No, in the it set. wasn't. I mean, you can't hit it in the creek anywhere but that. You bogey gets you in the but playoffs. But still, he goes. He still goes up and down from where he is, and and he wins. But it just uh, the shot. I mean, I I could see where the shot would impact you. Uh, last one. Mm-hmm. This weekend, there's a new movie coming out, of an old movie. 
It's called Top Gun Maverick. Your yeah. gut reaction. Uh, I've heard that it's got some thrills and chills. We have to remember, Top Gun isn't that great a movie. It's just got a lot of <gasps> great scenes. So, Johnny, come on. It's just got a lot of great scenes, and it's very watchable. Come on. Did, did you just? I mean, did you just? It's great to see. All right, I should rephrase say, that. What? I'm just talking from a critical acclaim sense, and you know, is it The Godfather or Goodfellas or one of those? It's it's kind of schmaltzy and hokey and everything, especially when you know what happened to certain <laughs> certain actors and characters. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. I do love the flying right. scenes, the okay. aircraft carrier stuff, the music, Iceman. Yeah, the interactions and the need for speed and all that. It's an iconic film. So I'm looking all forward right. to it, actually, okay. all right, all right, seeing how right. Cruz tries to pull it off. All right. Top Gun's better than Godfather. I'm just going to say that. All right, we get back. We'll go around the league right here on Texans All Access. On Texans All Access. On Texans All Access. We got one final segment of this Monday edition of Texans All Access. I am your host, Sean Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. So glad to be with you. A couple of those news items that I actually I hit them in the last segment to get Mark's gut reaction on Arizona Cardinals are the new in-season HBO Hard Knocks. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. There is going to be plenty of drama with that team this year. Peter King has them number 22 in the NFL. Huh. Interesting. Wow. Matt Stafford not throwing at OTAs. May not throw until he gets to training camp. Are we worried in Los Angeles? Paige and May. No, they're not paying attention. No, Matt Stafford, keep an eye on that. It's a long season. I mentioned at the mark. It's a long season when you go to the Super Bowl, and I mean, it's long. And we'll see if they want to keep some of that heat off of Stafford's arm and OTAs, just get it ready for the season, and we'll see how they react to that. Russell Wilson talked about his budding relationship with one Peyton Manning. They've gone and watched film together. It's like best friends. My best friend is Peyton, and he watches film with me. Keep on watching me, Sierra. Don't care if you're on the cover of Sports Illustrated. All right, I'm not going to sing anymore, but you get the point. Russell Wilson, new to Denver, but Peyton Manning taking him under his wing. I mentioned earlier the Texans have officially signed tight end Daryl Daniels. Don't know if we'll be able to see him tomorrow at OTAs. would be kind of nice if we did, but if the team has made it official, that means he's passed the physical. It's official I would think we'll see him tomorrow, and I can't tell you how excited I will be to see Daryl Daniels and 89 other players and coaches and staff tomorrow at the first OTA Phase 3. Actually, it's not the first. I had the first today. This is the first one we're going to be able to watch. So we'll try and give you as much as we can on tomorrow night's all-access show. Big thanks to Mark, to all of you for listening. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time, and as always, go Texans.